warm welcome to you all. Hope you'll thoroughly enjoy our program. Real Britannia, a very British podcast about very British movies, with just a hint of professionalism. Hi, my name's Scott. Today with me, my dear friend Tony. Good morning, mate. Good morning, Scott. Back from... How are you? I'm fine. Um, This is going out middle of June. We're recording Easter Monday. It's bank holiday weekend. We're recording this one. It is. Second one. A second in like two days, because I think, was it Good Friday? We record- No, it was the Saturday, wasn't it, we recorded? So. I know, it's, it's been like three years since I've been on the last one, <laughs> and all of a sudden I've done two in a weekend. <laughs> like buses, mate, you know, yeah, wait, wait, you, <laughs> <laughs> and then two Tonys come along at once. Oh, that's <laughs> enough for anybody. <laughs> We've decided, because... What we recorded on Saturday, this is all going to be totally out of sequence. We've got lots of lots of episodes planned, me and you together. Uh, but we decided that we had such a laugh recording Carry On Teacher, wasn't it, at the weekend? It was. We'd come back two days later and record the next in the Carry On series, which is Carry On Constable. Uh, the first to feature Sid James, and I think it's sort of safe to say the established team is sort of here now. But I think it's also fair to say the formula that we know and love for a carry-on movie hasn't quite arrived yet. It's not a typical carry-on movie yet. It's still, even though this is 1960, it's one of those late 50s, early 60s comedies still. It's getting there, isn't it? it yeah. we, we see a lot more slapstick in this, um, a lot more near-the-knuckle stuff. The first um, one to feature nudity. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the policeman running around in the cells naked. Yeah, yeah. but it's not, it's not, I'll tell you the one I think is the starting point for when it gets a little bit fruity is the next one, which is regardless. Yeah. We will find out more on that when we come to it, but let's take a short break because what I want to do is play the trailer and then we'll go through the review properly after this, mate. Today, when crime is on the increase and the police under fire... When murderers remain at large to kill again, the crying need is for new blood, for men of courage to come forward to enforce the law of our land. Men like these. Hey, what do you think you're doing? Thought I heard a murder, Sergeant. Was only the radio? Get back on the beat! I'm frightfully sorry. So you're just out of police school, are you? How'd you do? Such a fit, thanks, Sergeant. No. How did you do at school? Horrible. You're pulling my leg, aren't you? You didn't really do badly at school. Tell me you didn't. Here's Police Sergeant Sidney James, Constable Kenneth Connor, 
who takes a fancy to a popsy of a PC. Oh, good morning, Constable, Constable. My name's Charlie. Charles, actually. It's against regulations for us to be as familiar as that. You'll also see Sergeant Hattie Jakes. And on the beat, you'll also meet PC Kenneth Williams, PC Charles Hawtrey, Pride of the Force. In charge at the station is Inspector Eric Barker. Why is your uniform torn, Ghost? I fell down a flight of stairs, sir. How quick? Very quick. It was all the fault of that stupid bitch. Well, there was a third party involved. Oh, no, no, sir. Lady. Lady? Lady. The dog, sir. She's a bitch, isn't she, sir? There's Leslie Phillips, lady killer. And the damsel in distress is lovely Shirley Eaton. Uh, hello. I'm a, a, a police officer. Yes, they're as fine a body of men as you're ever likely to meet. You maniac! <laughs> the same shower who kept us roaring through carry-on sergeant, carry-on nurse, carry-on teacher. Where's the naughty pussycat? Now you'll scream for help as you carry on laughing helplessly with carry-on constable. Good morning, madam. Can I help you at all? Well, I certainly need a copper, and that's a fact. What? More laughs? Turned rather chilly all of a sudden, isn't it? Carry On Constable, released in the UK 1960, directed by Gerald Thomas. Written by Norman Hudis and starring, as we say, it's the first appearance in a carry-on for Sid James. Eric Barker is back, along with Kenneth Connor, Charles Hawtrey, Kenneth Williams, Leslie Phillips, Joan Sims, Hattie Jakes, Shirley Eaton. There's the Hickson. Joan Hickson's in it. Irene Handel, Cyril Chamberlain. I could go on with this, mate. There's so many. Everybody is just a favourite in this movie. Joan Sims in uniform. (laughs) Give us the synopsis. What's the plot, mate? With a flu epidemic running rife, three new bumbling recruits are assigned to Inspector Mills' police station. With help from Special Constable Gorse, they manage to totally wreck the operations of the police force and let plenty of criminals get away, even before they arrive at the station. They all have to prove themselves or else they'll be out of a job, and Sergeant Wilkins will be transferred. Subplots include romances between Wilkins and Moon, Constable and Passworthy. Yeah, that was a bit confusing because there's a constable, constable, isn't it? Constable, constable, <laughs> and in I, I swear to you now, I know a police officer called Constable, Constable. Fantastic! It was, it was destiny, wasn't it? It was bound. It to was, happen. it was. I couldn't believe it myself when I realised what he actually did for a profession. So, going back to that synopsis, just yes. read, just read that first five words again. With a flu epidemic running rife. With a flu mm. epidemic running rife. Again. <sighs> we are in lockdown. Yeah. Still. Um, when this um, comes out in 2022, <laughs> we will true. probably still be in lockdown <laughs> the way things are going. <laughs> this wasn't chosen deliberately. I'd forgotten this whole subplot about the flu epidemic in this movie. It's Yeah. It's the basis of the whole plot so much as there is a plot in this. I um I put this on yesterday to watch it. Yeah. And within the first five minutes, I thought to myself, ah, 
Yeah, that's not a good look at the moment. <laughs> What's going on around the world? It's, this is not even us. The world has Fun, come to a yeah. halt because of this. Funny enough, sort of subconsciously, about two, three months ago, I started watching again without even thinking. There's a BBC drama series from the 70s. Three, three series came out called Survivors, written by Terry Nation, the guy that created the Daleks for Doctor Who. And it's about this um, epidemic that, that sweeps the world, basically created in a lab in the Far East. <laughs> and it's, it decimates the entire planet so much so that like, they think that there's only sort of 10,000 people left in the UK. And it's about this group of survivors trying to form, you know, communities in the colony. And I'm thinking... Did, did I sort of truth story from the well, future. Yeah, but did I consciously choose that, you know? And... With this, as soon as that comes up, literally within, it's the first sentence, isn't it? I think that happens in in this movie. Yeah, and there's newspaper headlines and That's all sorts. It. Yeah, it's the, the, the first thing you see is the newspaper headlines. So straight away, it's like, okay, was this wasn't deliberate, as we say. Um, and, and the plot, as I say, very paper thin plot is because the police station has got very few members of staff active at the moment. They're having to recruit three. Have they newly qualified or are they yet to? I think they have qualified, haven't they? Yeah, newly qualified. Yeah. So it's sort of the carry-on version of Police Academy we've got here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This this was the blueprint for the Police Academy movie. And it's the first appearance of Sid James, who plays it fairly straight, I must say. In this one. It's just like he's never been away, isn't it? He just walks straight into it. <laughs> but this is the sort of comedy we're used to seeing him in that's not a carry-on. He would all, he would have appeared in something like this anyway, wouldn't he? Yeah. For me, as I say, there's no real plot apart from the fact you've got three new recruits. It's just a series of comic sketches, skits. Yeah, unfortunate events, doesn't it, that mm. happens to the newbies? Yeah. You know, green as grass. I think um, I got this one confused with regardless because I said to you when we were talking about doing this one or we spoke about regardless, I said, oh, is regardless the one with Kenneth Connor is dog walking. It's this one that he's got the dog. Yeah, isn't lady. It, yeah, and isn't it in regardless <laughs> he, he's got the chimp? It's the monkey, isn't it? He's got yes, the, that's right. That's yeah. where I'm getting confused. But yeah, he's got Lady, the um, the Alsatian. Good to see an Alsatian as a police dog in this as well. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your history with it. I mean, we know you love the carry-ons. I love the carry-ons. When was the last time you saw this, apart from yesterday? Oh, a good year ago. So it's still quite regular for you, isn't it? You, you still yeah, watching. yeah. It's still, it must be a good year, at least a good year. And it was probably the last time I see it. It would have been on the telly. Yeah, it would have been like a Sunday afternoon jobby. Okay, I haven't seen this. I'm going to say twenty years. Blimey! Yeah, yeah. I went for a real stage, probably even longer than that. While I was watching them quite often, quite regularly, and until recently, they've just sort of dropped off my radar a little bit. You know, to carry on movies. And it was good to see this one. And I'm going to say straight off the bat, out of the four that we've rewatched recently, I think this is the weakest one out of the four. You really? Might, you might disagree. I think you quite like this one. But yeah, I, I do like this one. I do. I was very, not very disappointed. I was a bit. I was expecting more from this one. I remembered it differently. I think, and I think what disappointed me was the fact that Sid James was playing it quite straight. Joan Sims has nothing to do in this movie whatsoever. 
compared to the last one in Teacher Where She Shone. I thought she was fantastic in Teacher. Mm. In this one, it's almost as if, right, we've got to bring back, you know, this this little group of actors that we've got together. Let's find a part for Joan Sims. Oh, we haven't really got one. You know, she, did she what did she do in this? She didn't really do a great deal, did she? Yeah, she was um, she was acting up, wasn't she, for another one that had gone off sick with the flu. Mm. Uh, ended up studying maps. Um, I think she went on a little bit of a patrol with yeah. um, Constable Constable. And then you pretty much see her at the end of it all. Yeah. Um, yeah, as it's coming to a climax. I think basically what's happened is you've got the the core group of recruits. You've got your Leslie Phillips, your Kenneth Connor, and your Kenneth Williams. And the whole story revolves around their bumbling antics. And everything yeah. else just appears to be in the background. You know, there's no real interaction between them. And say Hattie Jakes doesn't really do a great deal in this one. There's there's sort of a, a burgeoning, sorry, there's sort of a fledgling sort of romance or a hint of a romance between her and Sid James. Yeah, yeah, but also, I I don't know if it was a sign of the times because obviously it's been a male-dominated profession as such. You wouldn't have had a lot of female police officers. No, Um, They tended to attend more incidents involving a female than they did around the station. It was a 50-50 split almost, though, because it was quite a few sort of WPCs and and female police officers in this, wasn't it? Because as well as uh, Joan Sims and Hattie Jakes, there was the other blonde one that was there Mm. uh, and a couple of others in the background. I thought it was represented quite well, sort of the gender split Mm. uh, for 1959-1960. But they didn't have any of the key action scenes, the key comic scenes in this at all. It was down to those three all the way through. Oh, I see. Yeah, they were stuck in the office, weren't they? Mm. Yeah. Almost a safe place for them. That's the sort of way I see it. Obviously, things back then were a lot different than they are today. Yeah, yeah. It's just a shame because I say, after the fantastic performance that Joan Sims gave in Carry On Teacher, they didn't build on that. They didn't take that opportunity to give her something to do. And Hattie Jakes as well. Um, everybody in that police station, everybody that wasn't the core three, were just, as I say, in the background, as far as I could work out. This is why I was a little bit disappointed with this one, because they didn't seem to be working together as a carry-on team. It was just left to Connors, Phillips and and Williams. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that's because they bounce off each other quite well, though, in this. And did you notice that all three are playing the same character that they played previously? Pretty much, I mean... Kenneth Connor still has his nervous tics, and but but this time he's, they've they've sort of ramped it up a bit by making him like this highly suspicious, superstitious character. <laughs> he's lucky rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it makes me chuckle every time. The one thing I did notice though, Charles Haltry, they certainly camped him up a massive amount in this I one. Forgot compared to, say, to teacher. Forgot to say Charles Haltry. Charles Haltry, this one. Compared to Teacher, I think this is the start of the carry-on Charles Hawtrey character. Oh, yeah. 
100%. He's yeah. walking into a police station with a budgie <laughs> in a cage. He's got some fresh flowers from his garden. A snip, snip here, snip, snip there, snip, snip. Oh, wow. It's Absolutely the proper, fantastic. The proper, oh, hello. Is it? It's him. It's, it's the proper <laughs> yeah. carry on Charles Hawtrey character. And he doesn't change from now till 1972. This is exactly what he plays. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he plays it so well. Oh, God, yeah, perfectly suited to him, perfectly suited. Um, Leslie Phillips, although we don't get a ding-dong, you know, it is the Mr. Smoothie all the way through. And the oh-so-superior, Kenneth Williams, you know, looking down his nose at everybody. Um, I was surprised at the amount of slapstick in this one, the amount of sort of pratfalls and falling over and... You know, the scenes with a dog and the dog runs away and they fall down the, the stairs down into the cellar. and it, 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 I just remembered this completely differently to how I'd seen it before. Yeah. So, not quite as saucy as what we're going to get, but as we sort of hinted earlier, first bit of nudity in a carry-on movie, albeit, <laughs> albeit a bare bum. <laughs> That'd have been a big deal back then, a big a bear bum. I thought it must have been, because this is the same, 1960. Four um, bear bums. <laughs> that surprised me, seeing that. So you've watched this quite recently, you watch it quite regularly. You like this one, don't you? I do like this one. I do. It is good. Um, I think like, it could have been a bit more action-packed, to be fair. They could have done a little bit more... Um, I'd like to have seen a car chase in it. That's one thing that was missing, I think. You normally get something like that. Because there was no big criminal thing for them to solve or foil, was there? That's, no, that, that's not what was really. Missing. I mean, even what sport it for me is when Cyril Chamberlain and Sid James are in the police car and they're making their way to the call that Potter dealt with, with the lady yeah. in distress. Yeah. And they thought it was a burglary. They weren't even like they didn't have the bells on in the police car. They're just having a little steadily mosey on down the road and things like that. There's no sort of drama behind it. Talk to Cyril Chamberlain. Wasn't it good to see Cyril Chamberlain doing some actual work for once? Actually, yeah, <laughs> not in the background sweeping up or just you know because <laughs> it was in caretaker in teacher. He was yeah, and he was just putting things on notice boards and having a tidy up. Yeah, so and then I think. Your favourite character that he plays, is it Alf in Cabby? Yep. That's where you know him mainly from, isn't it? Because when I mentioned Cyril Chamberlain to you about a year ago, saying Cyril Chamberlain's in everything, you went, oh, it's Alf out of Cabby. That's the one that you recognise him from. But this one, he's actually, you know, he's he's almost part of the team. Very, very close to becoming part of the carry-on team, wasn't he, Cyril Chamberlain, when you look at this role? Yeah. Yeah, he certainly is. Uh, and it also, in this film, he sort of intimates that he's like the the right-hand man of Sid James. But he is really. He's like um, a death sergeant, isn't he, at one point? And then... Uh, he's yeah, like, he's done it for a long time. There's one quote he come out with, um, you haven't got the taste of a chin strap yet, son. And I, I love that. <laughs> that was great, yeah. <laughs> I think it was when Kenneth Williams was trying to um, characterise someone at the desk That's and tries right. to get 50 pounds out of him. <laughs> now that <laughs> is... Hang on a second, let me get his name. I've lost my pussy. <laughs> He's um, a regular in carry-ons. and That's what I just want to say. Um, right, that is... There we go. That guy is Terence Longdon, playing a character called Herbert Hall. Now, wasn't he in Sergeant, Terence Longdon? Yep. 
Yeah. He was. And I think he's been in quite a few. He was in a lot of dramas as well as comedies. Uh, it was almost like a cameo appearance for him here because he was in it for like, it was just this one brief scene where he's this con man. As I say, it's lots of little sort of individual sketches, isn't it, in this that are pieced together with no underlying plot apart from the fact that the sergeant's going to lose his job. There's no, like I say, no criminal. There's no action sequences, as you say. It's little comedy sketches knitted together to make one movie. And and mm. Terence Longdon, isn't it, literally for a minute in this one sketch where he nearly cons Kenneth Williams out of 50 quid, as you say. Kenneth Williams, and this is the other thing as well with him, this is typical Kenneth Williams. He's the well-educated character. Now, his quirk is the fact that he does a lot of psychology, isn't it? He does a lot of analysis of what he thinks the typical criminal might be. Yeah, yeah. Every time he does it, it fails epically. He gets it wrong completely, doesn't he? Yeah, totally, totally susses people out completely wrong. Yeah, the first time round it was an actual undercover detective, and the second time round he thinks it's a a, pro, a nice person. It's a con man. It's a con man. <laughs> now, the undercover detective, another cameo, is Victor Madden. Yeah. Now Victor Madden would have got a slightly bigger role in this, possibly. Do you remember? When we reviewed Dunkirk. Yes, I was about to say he was in Dunkirk. Yeah, he's the guy in the pub that's just come back from Europe. And loses his temper with the bad mouth in the, the war. Because yeah. they don't know what's going on over there. It's him. Um, we're going to have to confer with Stephen on, on the Hall of Fame with these carry-on episodes that you and I are doing because these people are ramping up appearances after appearance here and they're going to be in the hall well they're in the hall of fame anyway victor madden he's, he's already in it so this is going to be another couple of appearances joan hickson has been oh, like seven times possibly now um the other person i wanted to briefly mention yep. is it's mccannon is this her first appearance i don't know i've got a feeling that she was in mm. sergeant in I the th- naffy i think she might have been because she gets a lot bigger role in Cabby, doesn't she? A lot bigger role. Yeah, and I'm also sure she's in Regardless as well. Yeah, yeah. This um, one... She's in a few of them, but she died not long after. I think mid-60s she died, something like that. Yeah, all right, okay, yeah. I, I know, like, her biggest carry-on role was probably carry-on Cabby, I think. Is it Flo? She played Flo, I think. That's it, yeah. yeah. She's a female driver, isn't she? That's it. And goes off to run glam cabs with uh, Patty Jakes. Yeah. Yeah, Joan Joan Hicks and her. How we said Joan Sims played a great drunk in the last one. Yeah, Joan Hicks and fantastic. Hicks is fantastic. For people that only know her as Miss Marple. You've got to go back and watch these early movies that Joan Hickson's in. She's fantastic, isn't she? I love her. She must have been in her forties, fifties. There must have Joan been. Hickson. Yeah, she looks. She does look quite middle-aged, bless her. Yeah, but she was brilliant, absolutely brilliant in this. I'm not saying this is a bad movie. I'm saying I was just a little disappointed, and out of the four that we've seen, it's not the strongest one for me. Um, but talking to you, I'm actually chuckling away, thinking the memories of this. Um, Irene Handel, again, cameo appearance, playing Irene Handel. She doesn't play anything different apart from Screaming Housewife. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've seen her in a few of the things, a um, few carry-ons. Mm. And I'm, I'm sure something else, and I can't think for life of me what it was. But yeah, you're right, that's all she does. It's, it's, 
you know, with, with scarf on her head and a pinny, you know, just being like really hand, which is great. You know, she was absolutely fantastic. Uh, Shirley Eaton, a reappearance. She was in the first one, wasn't she? I think. And no, yep. and nurse. Uh, yeah, I think she was in Nurse, I think yeah. she was in Nurse, so this is probably her third. Um, this point, actually, while we're sort of going through the cast here, the thug, the first crook, Freddie Mills. Right. Now, Freddie Mills, back in 1948, he was, I think, lightweight champion. Certainly the British champion might have been world. I'm not too sure, but he was a massive boxing champion. Famous, famous boxer, Freddie Mills. Look at his face, he couldn't have been anything else, right? <laughs> the cauliflower ears give <laughs> <Yeah>. it away. <laughs> a nose that spread halfway across his face. Roman nose, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Freddie, Freddie Mills will appear in the next one. He'll be back in regardless, playing similar sort of character. And he made about four or five movies after he retired from boxing, and he had a bit of a TV career as a TV presenter, believe it or not, as well. Okay. Um, now, if you go Ma- back to... Michael our- Balfour, just quickly. He's another one I've recognised as a thug. Yes. Yeah, he's he's always that sort of character, about right? Now, Freddie Mills, if you go back to our sister podcast, Rainbow Valley... We did an episode on, do you remember the episode on the 60s Ripper? The murders that took place in the 1960s. There was about eight eight prostitutes that were murdered. Yes. Freddie Mills has often been a suspect. Oh. Right. This is, this is the guy. If you listen to that documentary on the Rainbow Valley podcast, Freddie Mills was found dead in 1965. He owned a nightclub just off the Charing Cross Road. He went out to an alleyway uh, at the back of the nightclub and said to his staff, look, I'm just going out for a kip in the car, which is what he did quite often, you know, when it, you know, after a long day, he'd go and have a kip in the car in the quiet. He was found a few hours later in the car, having been shot through the eye with a fairground rifle. Right? Oh. And the official cause of death was suicide. And there was a lot of... <laughs> A lot of evidence and non-evidence pointing to the fact that he may may have been responsible for these eight murders or more. He had a lot of um, dealings with the underworld, you know, Soho gangsters and stuff like that. It will never be resolved. There's no definitive answer onto this, but it's a really fascinating story, the story of Freddie Mills, you know, because he had this incredible boxing career, very successful boxer, then he had this great sort of entertainment career. He did, as I say, four or five movies and TV appearances. Also had this business, you know, in <laughs> amongst shady dealings in, in nightclubs and stuff like that, and, and a very mysterious death. Um, we'll see him again in regardless, as I say, but I was quite surprised at how good his acting was because I'd not really sort of taken any notice of him. But it, it's the perfect role to play a thug, perfect person to play a thug. Well, yeah, you had your sort of go-to thugs, didn't you? Because I recognise a lot of the thugs from things like Norman Wisdom. Yeah, like Michael Trump Balfour. and whatnot. Yeah. Michael Balfour. What, what have we seen him in? Let me have a look. He's, he, I'm sure he's Norman Wisdom as well. He was in everything, wasn't he? I remember yeah. sort of TV sitcoms and things like that. There's actually quite actors in this that are like your, your go-to people for certain things, aren't they? Yeah, I'll tell you what. I don't think you've seen it, but listeners will know him. He's, he's the bus driver in the Bells of St. Trinians. Right. Uh, 
Carry On Constable obviously plays Matt. Sink the Bismarck is in. A couple of the war movies, things like that he used to do. Um, Stitching Time, Norman Wisdom, playing a workman. Yeah. 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 Press for Time. He, he's the guy in the sewer that comes up yeah. to the manhole. Um, that, <laughs> that sort of thing, you know, and he was, i tell you what he was in that you'd know him from. And he's he's a lot older. In 1990, he is the referee at the boxing match in the craze. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we're going for like 30 years later to another movie that you'd recommend. He had a good old long career then, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. So, Fitter, well, he's still acting after the craze, according well. So, going back to this movie, favourite scenes. What, what, there's a lot of set pieces, as we say. And I was laughing because they are just stupid. A lot of these. Yeah, I think the parade mm-hmm. um, where they kept going off kilter with that was quite funny. That makes me chuckle every time. Um, the scene where Gorse ends up going up the tower in the church trying to rescue the cats. Yeah, that's another personal <laughs> favourite of mine. Um, the, the the premonition of the pond incident. Yes. You yeah. just know, you just know, as soon as that dog gets let loose, you know what's going to happen. <laughs> you know there's going to be a pond involved because um, Eric Barker's got these fish, hasn't he? And he says he wants, to, be, he, he wants to build a pond in his garden. You, you think, okay, there's, there must be a reason for him saying that line, yeah. Do you want to have a look at my shabunkin? It's just <laughs> completely innocent, but it's just the way it says it. You, you know it's a carry-on, so you know there's just more meaning to it. Do you remember when I said in the last one that, when I watch it through a VLC player on the computer, I've got this facility to do screen grabs and, and record bits. I, yep. I I grabbed that line because I thought I've got <laughs> I've got I'm going to play it now. <laughs> do you care to have a look at Marsha Bunkin? If it'll give you any satisfaction. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> because that just made me laugh out loud. I thought that's a proper carry-on innuendo, almost. I know, I know. It doesn't mean anything, <laughs> but it's just it's so good. <laughs> And it's the look that Sid James gives him when he says it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll tell you who else is in this. Do you remember Ted Ray from Carry On Teacher? Yeah. His son, he had two sons that were actors and TV presenters. Robin Ray was one of them. And Robin Ray is the assistant manager of the store. When, yes. When yeah. Charles Hawtrey and Kenneth Williams are in drag, that's that's Ted Ray's son. I mean, gorse plays Charles Hawtrey in general plays a very convincing woman that's another thing because he does it a few times in the carry-ons doesn't he he does <laughs> yeah to see them both in drag I mean I, I thought Charles Hawtrey was a little old woman dressed up yeah <laughs> Kenny yeah Williams just a lo- couple of times he gets <laughs> stitched up with that and he just plays it so well <laughs> Kenny Williams just like like Kenny Williams in a, in a dress yeah, but yeah, Char- Kenny Williams is never going to change. You- but Charles Hawtrey's got the frame for it, the voice, wow, I think- the, the mannerisms, everything's fantastic. I, I think he's enjoying it. You can just see he's like, oh. Well, I wouldn't have put it past him, but maybe that was his party trick at a few... Um- <laughs> when, he was, when he was drunk, because we, we spoke about his drinking habits before, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I like particular... The show scene, that's, that's the main bit, because that's on all the posters as well, that the, the four of yeah. them, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. the, water, the hot water really comes on at certain times. 
The more I'm talking to you, the more I'm thinking I did it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and it's strange, isn't it? As I say, I think I was expecting a lot more from it. How does this stand now? Is, is this the stepping stone between the old and the new? I don't think it is quite yet. I think we've got a couple more to go before it goes between the the original carry-on set and then the golden age. I I feel that this was the, the the definitive guinea pig movie for the writers. They've they've got the right cast together now. Yeah, I know there's still going to be a few more changes and a few new and old faces, and whatnot. But this is it. The cast and it worked is out there. really yeah. well. They just all work. They gel so well. Yeah, the cast is there. They've worked well for the last thought of three or four entries in the series. Sid James has now been born. He just slips in, doesn't he? Absolutely seamless. Yeah, Sid James, perfect addition. There's a couple more to come, as we say. We've got got Regardless to go and Cruising, which is a bit of an anomaly because not everybody's in Cruising. Um, What else have we got before we get to that golden age? We've got Spying... um, yeah, because Cruising was in colour, then Spine wasn't, wasn't it? it was... Yeah, and Jack was in colour. Cabby was black and white. We've still got Cabby. See, Cabby, I think, is a really good, I think, indication of where it goes. I think Cabby's the one. Yeah, Cabby's a good one for me. I, mm. I do enjoy Cabby. Yeah. I like these early ones. It's good to go back to the early ones, and it's good to do these in sequence, because if we'd have done these randomly... We couldn't have seen that evolution, mate, could we? We couldn't have seen how the addition of Sid James makes it something a little bit special. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, you know it's going to be special anyway. Um, even if people are not carry-on fans, but they see Sid James's work, they, they know it's quite a special thing oh, coming into this. I, I love Sid James, as you know. And mm. It was just, it was a very straight role for him. It was a very straight role for Hattie Jakes. Uh, I, I think this movie was just highlighting the four leads, the four coppers in this. It was their movie, basically. Yeah, and they, and they sort of steal the show for the rest of it, didn't they? Yeah. Until it all starts going a little bit skew whiff at the end. <laughs> so, five star system, where are you going with this? Um, for me, this is a four, this one. It really is a four. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I think yours will be a little bit less. But it is. Yeah, I, think, I think you've gone four stars for all of them so far. Don't worry, it's not going to be like that the whole no, way no, through. No, 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 no. I wanted to as well. I'm thinking four's me sort of benchmark, sort of like me, you know, they're either three, four or five for me. Yeah. I'm having to go three if it's yep. based on the enjoyment factor at the time, right? Yeah. Not the fact that, you know, the quality of the movie or the writing or the production. Just a pure enjoyment factor for me. When I sat and watched it yesterday, out of the four, I was trying to sort of grade them and I'm thinking, well, this will be the fourth one. I think if if I had to do all four, it would go nurse first, then teacher, then sergeant, then this. I think yours might be slightly different. It would, and you know, I'd have to really think about it. Mm. Um, I mean, definitely Cabby. No, I mean, out of the four we've watched, mate. Right. Uh, out of the four we've watched, it'd be Constable. What, top? Top. Yeah. Constable, Sergeant. 
Ooh. Nurse, then teacher. Teacher would be my lowest. So yours is almost opposite to mine. Pretty much. <laughs> but they're not bad. We're not, you know, we're not judging the movies and saying they're bad movies. But as I say, I was just a little bit disappointed. But talking to you, I'm thinking, no, this is funnier than I remembered watching. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's, there aren't many bad early ones. We we know that. But then any, anything is not such... Well, it's massive, when not it, Carry On? Absolutely massive. But at and this point, it's the yeah. same with for me with James Bond. There's a lot of the early ones, and some of the newer ones, mm. that just aren't as good as others. They're just not for me. They're too slow. The, the people in it are not right. It's all down to personal preference, crap. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I, I think when, yeah. We, when we get to... I'll tell you what, in this early sequence, I think when we get to Jack... We're going to be a little bit disappointed. Yeah, um, I think so. And I think cruising is not a typical carry-on film, from what I can remember. Kenneth Connor, Kenneth Connor's just drunk in that, isn't he? I can't remember. Is he the doctor? I can't remember. But... He's the doctor that again falls in love, doesn't he? Yeah, that's his, um, that's his mo throughout all of it. Yeah. Um, but I think cruising obviously we're going to a bit more when we actually do cruising but i think that's just that was so low budget because it was in color low budget in color yeah because they obviously they spent all the extra money doing it in oh, color oh i see what you mean <laughs> yeah oh no no oh. no i think it's because it was their first one they did in color they couldn't afford some of the regular people that they even yeah but then again notoriously they were paid peanuts weren't they all these guys. they were but then the set for it as well it's just one place all the time, wasn't it? It wasn't multiple different locations. See what you mean, yeah, yeah. The the extras were pretty much well. It was just it was on board a PO ferry, wasn't it? That that's what they used to do it. Is that what it was, rather than the cruise yeah. liner? <laughs> yeah. So it was literally a few uniforms, a bit of food that they messed about with, and that was your lot. There wasn't a great deal to it. It was quite a basic film, and then the one after that, which was. Let me think, what was after? That'd be something like spying, surely. Um, Cabby. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Cabby goes back to black and white, and then you see the, the complete difference in that. Lots of money thrown at that, because they're smashing up taxis, lots of taxis involved with it. It's a big cast um, in, in Cabby as well. There's a lot of Very people. big, very, and, very big. And, and then they've you've all got, got the glam cabs. I mean, you, the expense yeah. that would have cost. Yeah. And they've all got something to do in Cabby, if I remember rightly. Yeah. There's nobody in the background in that one. Yeah. No, no, it's not. But then cruising, where it's in colour, it's like regardless, that's quite a big one. Yeah. There's a lot going on in regardless. I think regardless um, is a lot of sketches as well in that one because it's... Because it's the odd job agency, there's lots of little set pieces in that one. Yeah, everyone gets their own individual little story yeah, of that, don't they? No main plot as such. That's just the, the glue holding it together is the fact that it is it's this employment agency. Um, in fact, I'm going to, when we get towards cruising, I'm going to do a lot more homework into that one and to see why. Mm. Um, I, I honestly think it cost them uh, probably the same amount to do the others, but just because it was in colour. So, so they've had to scrimp back elsewhere. You reckon that they tried to, well, for want of a better phrase, they tried to push the boat out a little bit. Yeah. And it backfired. Well, we don't know, do we? Well, that'd be interesting when we get to it. We're not too far away from it now, the rate we're going. No, we're not. Two away. Two away from cruising. So it's regardless than cruising. Regardless cruising than cabby, yeah. 
oh, we've got to keep this momentum going, mate, because I want to watch all of those again. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got plenty of time, just like all the listeners as well. So get yourself the box set off of Amazon, don't go out, yeah, just and binge, just sit there and watch them. Binge the lot, mate, yeah. <laughs> do them in sequence, got to do them in sequence, though, that's the trick. Yes. Okay, tell you what we'll do, we'll take a quick break and we'll be back after this. Okay, Tony, next time we're going to take a break from the carry-ons. It's my choice for you. I know you love a good British war movie, so I want to go back to 1956. Are you aware of an operation that took part during World War II called Operation Mincemeat? No. No, I'm not. It doesn't come to mind at all. Not one of the famous ones in your... Yeah, okay. Operation Mincemeat was the plot by British forces to plant a dead body in the Mediterranean with false papers right? so that he gets washed up somewhere on the Mediterranean coast with papers in his pocket indicating that the British invasion is going to go through Greece and not Normandy. Very, Very famous true story. They made a movie about it. It was called The Man Who Never Was. Made in 1956. The plan took place in 1943. Okay. There's a few American stars in this, but I think this counts as a British movie because, you know, we bill ourselves as a very British podcast about very British movies. This is a very British story. Um, Even though we've got people like Gloria Graham and Stephen Boyd's in it and um, a couple of others, but it's it's a British production. Joan Hickson and Terence Longdon are both in it who we've just seen in Carry On Constable. Geoffrey Keane's in there, Cyril Cusack. Sounds like it's a war film you haven't seen then, mate. No, it's not. Not at all. So, okay. um, yeah, that should be an interesting first watch. Oh, I haven't seen it since I was a kid. So we're going back 40 years, mate. It, it cropped up on something I was flicking through um, last night and I thought, do you know what, that might be one to actually bring for Tony to have a look at. So The Man Who Never Was, based on a true story about, you know, Operation Mincemeat from 1943. It's not all action, mate. It's more sort of planning and stuff like that and you know I think you'll find it fascinating because it's 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 something that you you tend to take a great deal of interest in don't you some of these sort of stories from the second world war yeah, yeah I do I do I try my best it's quite interesting because it always there's never an answer there's always something else you want to know about it <laughs> so um, yeah yeah I'm looking forward to this one okay I've got a copy of it to send over to you if you can't get it We'll give it a go. Let's see. It might be good. It might be bad. I can't remember anything about it. I just remember watching it years ago. So, Well, we shall reconvene and find out very soon. <laughs> okay. That was Real Britannia. That was Tony. Thank you. Thank you. Um, nice to be back. Strangest Easter weekend ever. <laughs> <laughs> 
I know. <laughs> More str- not the fact that we're in lockdown or nothing like that. It's the fact that I've actually been available twice. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's unique. That's very rare that happens in a whole year. No, two in three. weekend. Two in three days. The, the man who never was will probably never, ever get recorded now. But we'll, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, that'll be the episode, the episode that never was. <laughs> so, <laughs> thanks for being there, mate. I'll see you soon. See you soon. Bye bye. Take care. Hand up, sir.